Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm your host, Kim Arnold, and welcome to Truth Love, where we discuss life's issues and the truth of God's word and love without judgment or condemnation. Good afternoon, everybody, or good evening, as I always say, whatever time of the day you would find yourself listening to this. I just hope that it's good. Hey, welcome to this episode of Truth Love. And I said last week that I was going to talk about, and the name of my topic, so let me back up. The name of my topic is why I left church to find God. And I clearly said in last week's episode that I definitely was not recommending that anybody leave church to find God. So you got to stay tuned to this episode to understand what that title means, right? So I just want to do a quick, just a small recap of the last episode, because I was asking um, people if they had religion or if they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I went on to talk about how I moved uh, from religion into a relationship, you know, came uh, to know of of that form of uh, institutional religion. Thank goodness I was, you know, introduced to Christ and everything as a young girl. And then I moved on to uh, understanding and having a personal relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And that happened at the age of 20. So if you didn't hear the last episode, you may want to go and listen to that one as well, right? Um, I think I mentioned in that episode as well that uh, somewhere in my 30s, my focus focus was uh, changing from uh, my relationship with the Lord, and I began to focus on building, you know, my ministry or focusing on my ministerial gifts. So I had clearly lost sight of my Savior. And I can't tell you that it was purposefully. You know, we get into uh, church uh, sometimes and, and we just start moving and you start doing things. And all of a sudden, I was doing more for God than I was with God. And so today I want to talk about Uh, why I left church to find God. You know, one of the things I think that I'm good at, and most of my friends or family would probably say this, is, you know, getting things done. You know, and people would say, hey, if you ask Kim to get it done, she is going to do it. And so I think I'm good at that. Or, you know, in the church, it's called serving, right? I'm good at serving. And sometimes, you know, we can become too good at giving or serving, right? Because we end up with a very full life because uh, our giving and things like that to other people or to the church or whatever ends up crowding up our lives um, at times. So, and for me, I became so busy in serving in church that I failed to even realize that I had begun to give little attention to my relationship with the Lord. And it was slowly becoming malnourished is what was happening. 
I was so busy leading the worship, the prayer ministry, the youth ministry, going on mission trips, you know, helping with church barbecues, right? I was so busy leading ministries that my life was so full. And I had just kind of moved Jesus, you know, over far left. So all of that saying, I want to give an example about just even with the prayer. I was leading uh, the prayer ministry. And this was at a time, I, I got to be honest, I, I didn't really have the faith where I should have been the prayer leader, right? But, you know, sometimes God will use us like he did Noah, you know, like, all right, you, you know, get everybody on the ark and at least, you know, get them in the boat, you know, and get moving. And and so that's, that's kind of how, like, I felt I could rally the troops and get them to prayer. But if you were to get a snapshot of my heart at the time, you would have seen that it was tired, it was doubt-filled, and it was lack of faith, Kim. That's what you would have seen. That That's just truth. And I thank God that there were some prayer warriors that were part of the prayer group that were praying with faith-filled prayers because, you know, faith is very important when you go to God and you want to ask him something. And I, look, I know he also honors when we just can't even find the faith. He's still faithful. I do know that. But at this point in time, I'm the prayer leader. And so, there were again, there were some great intercessors there. And, you know, there's a story of a young girl that came uh, to one of these Tuesday night prayer meetings. She was in her 20s and she had a brain tumor and the doctors had told her there was no more treatment options for her uh, so she was going to head to a facility in Texas to um, try some alternative treatment right that was not approved or government approved or you know they didn't know know if it would work or not but you know she had already been told hey look we can't do anything else so before she left, she came to, to the prayer meeting. She had never been before. And the, the prayer team, uh, we just prayed for her. She sat there and she cried and cried, which understandably, you know, she's just been told, you know, your life is going to be over in just a few months and there's nothing we can do. And I remember thinking how sad it was that, you know, she was so young and going to lose her life. So now, did you hear what I just said? I was thinking how sad it was she was going to lose her life. Where was my faith? You know, I was at the prayer meeting and the prayer leader, for goodness sakes, but my faith had definitely waned and I was not, I didn't have much hope um, or belief that something was going to change in this young lady's life, right? But I, we did pray. And again, I thank God for the prayer warriors uh, that were there as well. So we prayed, and then the next Sunday, I can I still see this image. Uh, I'm I'm at the time as well leading praise and worship at at church, and in runs uh, this young girl's uncle, and he came into the sanctuary and he said, "Kim, she's coming home. The tumor is gone." And I looked at him and I said, "What gone? Where did it go?" You know, I asked and he said, God answered our prayer. She has been healed. And he had told me, he goes, when she arrived at the facility, they had to do, I think it was like a PET scan or something before starting her treatment, but there was no tumor there. 
And I, I'm standing there in complete shock, okay, um, as you can imagine. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of times, you know, we don't hear a lot of stories about people being healed that miraculously, number one. But, you know, he's looking at me like, Kim, don't you remember you just prayed and trusted God? And, oh, by the way, this young uh, life, her young life has been spared. So I was standing there. I'm going to tell you what I think I look like. It was when, for those of you who don't know this story, I think it's in, I'm going to say Acts chapter 12. It's where Peter's in prison and Herod is going to kill Peter the very next day. And then if you look at a snapshot of move down in that scripture, there are some saints on the other side of town who they're praying for Peter to be released from prison, right? Like, and his life to be spared. So all of a sudden during their prayer meeting, there's a knock at the door and a lady by the name of Rhoda goes to answer the door and it's Peter. And so in her excitement, she didn't even open the door to let him in. She ran back and told everybody, look, Peter is out outside he's here and they told her you know quit acting ridiculous you know they were getting angry like what are you talking about of course he's not outside don't you know we're in the house praying for peter you know so i think that's how i the kind of expression that i had when 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 she this young lady was healed and of course peter was outside god had miraculously uh freed him from prison and saved him from death right so that's what I felt like, you know, and uh, I found myself at this time in a place where I, I guess I was showing up for church, but I wasn't present, you know what I mean? And I was going to church always, but I wasn't really going before God that much. And I was feeling good about my ministry, but not the direction my late relationship with God was going. I wasn't feeling good about that at all. My quiet time had, um, you know, I was having it. It was sporadic. My prayer time was different. It was all of the things that I was doing had, I had allowed, let me, let me be really clear. I had allowed to get in the way of my relationship, right? So I was giving out, but I was not receiving. And I was not receiving because I wasn't taking anything in from God. You know, we can't give out of our own resources. I've got to be able to give out of what God fills me with, right? So I was just giving out uh, and, and not gaining anything back. But again, that was due to me. I was seeking and I was not finding. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because I started seeking the approval of people right? And not seeking the presence of God. And that's just not going to work. That will never, ever work. One, people are always going to let you down. Two, we should really not care what people think uh, anyways and look for their approval. And three, God will always give me his approval um, just of me if I come before him in his presence. And the reason he does that is because, hey, as a believer, I have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, right? So I was going to church, but not going to God. I was burnt out. Um, 
And I, I begin to think, how did I go from putting, how did I go from putting God second after ministry? You know, so then I just, I think I just concluded that I was just straight up playing church, right? I, I would not, um, so I, I was just not, and when I say that, I don't mean like I, I thought church was a game, but I was, I was not engaged. It was just like going around, um, you know, a monopoly board. Okay. You just keep going, you roll the dice and, and, and go. I, 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 that's how it was. So, so I, so I concluded that, okay, I was playing church and I decided that I was going to need to take a step back so I could re- reconnect with the God who had died for me. And so I began to pray and I made a prayerful decision to lay down all the ministerial leadership things that I was engaged in and I was going to focus on my relationship with the Lord or the lack thereof at that time, <laughs> you know, and because I was so often called upon and always dedicated to the cause of ministry, I knew that I was going to need to leave church and true to truly make this transition for me. And again, I, I need all of my listeners to hear, to, to hear me. I would never tell you or recommend that you uh, leave church. But I'm going to tell you, for me, I had put church ministry, church and ministry, far, far, far ahead of God. And I needed to recognize that and reorganize my priorities. And, you know, God says, hey, he is a jealous God. And therefore, he never wants to see us take him and put him as second fiddle, you know, uh, because he loves us. And you know what? He also, he has a way of getting our attention uh, when things are out of order. And there were several things that happened along the way where he got my attention. And one of those was a movie that I went to go see called Second Chance. And it was just like the most eye-opening thing for me. There was this um, gentleman going down to help in an inner-city ministry, and he's in his little convertible sports car, and uh, he's got on his leather jacket and sunglasses. And I'm thinking, what is this guy going to do helping, you know, in this inner city that he knows nothing about is what I was thinking. And I, I hear God saying to me, that's you. And I was like, me? And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, that that's not me. And I thought, well, you know, I had a little sports car and, uh, you know, and a nice red leather jacket and some nice Ray-Ban sunglasses. And I was, you know, just sailing along, quote unquote, in ministry, got a nice paycheck. Um, all was well with me. And at the end of this movie, uh, the the gentleman begins to sing a hymn, and I'm sure uh, most people would know this. I think it's Unchrist the Solid Rock. Well, one of the one of the lines says, you know, except for Christ, all other ground is sinking sand. And then he says, stops, 
And he says to the congregation, he goes, you know what sinking sand is? He said, it's when we just get too comfortable in life. And I just, something stood up inside of me that I was way too comfortable in my life of ministry and all was well. And there's nothing wrong with being comfortable in life. Don't misunderstand me. But I was just comfort in like an easy chair and going through motions, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm on some sinking sand here. I get that. That's me. That's me. I'm sinking and God let me know this. And I'm like, I'm sinking and nobody around me seemed to know that. But you know what? That's because I was always busy serving, always dedicating, always saying I could get something done. And so nobody could see inside of me at at, at the place that it was at, right? But one of my favorite scriptures too is Psalm 138.8. It says that the Lord desires to perfect that which concerns us. Now, I got to tell you that my relationship uh, was concerning to me. Um, and, and he says, hey, I desire to continue daily to perfect that because it concerns me. And I will say that is what you know, the Lord absolutely began to do. I, um, you know, when I was in church, I loved God. And when I left church and reorganized my priorities, I connected, reconnected with Jesus at a deeper level. And I fell in love with God. And that was a huge difference. There's one thing to love, and there's another thing to just say, oh, I'm in love with God. Look at, look at my God, right? And as you can see, or hear rather, <laughs> it was not about leaving church, but it was about laying down the things that I had put in front of God. And oh, by the way, it just happened to be church, so I've got a question. Again, I, I try to leave with a question. Do you, does anybody out there listening, do you need to reconnect with Jesus? Have you, you know, not that, you know, you're not going to die and go to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not off, you know, engaged in all kind of craziness. That That's not it. But do you re need to reconnect, you know? Uh, do you have something in your life that you need to lay down that's going to help you to see him more clearly? I, I want to know from our listeners. And then I got another question. It's going to be a, an A or a B question. So it's, it's an answer. You choose A or B. A, do you love him? Or B, are you in love with him? Now, look, A is good, but for me, it's definitely B, okay? It's B, okay? So I hope that in this particular message, people ponder the fact that, am I in love with Jesus or do I love him? And if you are not in this place of an incredible love relationship, ask him and he will be faithful to you because he desires to perfect that which concerns you, right? So on, on our next episode, I'm going to have a guest speaker. 
and she's going to talk about her journey uh, with the Lord. And when I was talking to her earlier, she just said, you know, Kim, I have just fallen in love with the Lord during this pandemic. And so the title uh, of next week's message will be, you know, falling in love with the Lord during a pandemic. So we're going to get to hear her story and what happened to her, what kind of transitions in life she made and what was going on with the pandemic that led her to this. But I need you to remember this. A, do you love him? Or B, are you in love with him? And I hope that every listener, if you don't have B as your answer now, it would be B in the near future. All right, I'm going to see you guys next week. Don't don't miss next week. It's going to be really good. Falling in love with Jesus during the pandemic. Thank you for joining us today on Truth Love, where our mission is always to speak God's truth in love as we follow Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life.